Are you looking for a short, educational, and entertaining podcast your kids can listen to while you cook dinner, fold laundry, or just need a few minutes to yourself? Then check out Mysteries About True Histories by Starglow Media. It's so, so cute. I listened to a few episodes, and when it was over, I was like, dang, that was really fun. It's made by the creators of the hit podcast, Who Smarted, and the Netflix show, Brainchild. So these people know what they're doing. As a little background info, every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited into a secret order of problem solvers on an adventure through time, packed with puzzles, hidden equations, history, and laughs, making learning really cool. The series explores themes like the stories behind math, critical thinking, code breaking, pattern solving, and more. So it's perfect for kids ages six and up. There's a new episode every Thursday, each filled with so much laughter that your kids won't even realize how much they're learning. So tune into Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Couple Things. With Sean and Andrew. A podcast all about couples. And the things they go through. Today's topic is um, us as a couple learning something new. And that we're going through. Which is us as parents learning how to potty train our two-year-old. That's right. We were kind of uh, lost, confused. We felt overwhelmed with the with the task of potty training. Which so they've been, you know, people have been potty training for thousands of years. You could say thousands of years. So you'd think we would be able to figure it out, but we couldn't. So we went out and found the best person there is to teach us about potty training, and that is the potty training consultant, Allison Jandu. Let me just give you some stats on Allison. So she's helped over five thousand families through her program that has over 5,000 hours of research. Yep. The wildest thing I learned about her is that she was originally a forensic scientist. Yeah. And then she pivoted into potty training when she started having kids. She has a 98% success rate with her program. Yeah. And helped us understand when to start potty training, how long the whole process is going to take, what we need. And so thank you, Allison, for helping us. She also has a program that can help you. It's called Potty Training 101, mm-hmm. um, where she goes through all the things that we learned so that you can as well and make the process as easy and approachable as possible. And at the end of the day, make your relationship um, not have to go through the frustrations of, you know. Whose relationship? You and Drew's or you and mine? No, the spouses, the parents. <laughs> <laughs> we have found it because of our uh, being equipped with the knowledge to be a pleasant experience now. So anyway, we'll link all that information down below, including the Potty Training 101. Um, and let's roll into this one with Allison Jandu. So ladies and gentlemen, we're just going to roll <laughs> yes. right into this. Let me introduce you to the one, the only Allison Jandu. You may know her as the Potty Training Consultant. Yes. Allison has over 5,000 hours of evidence-based research. She's helped over 5,000 families in their potty training process, have saved over 5 million diapers. <laughs> I and love that statistic. <laughs> has a 98% <laughs> success rate. So if you have potty training questions, you've come to the right place with yes. Allison. Allison, thanks for joining us. We're pumped to have this conversation. And we have a lot of questions ourselves. Yes, obviously. Cool. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm always happy to talk about potty training. <laughs> um, so before we get started, too, we also want to say that Allison has an amazing online course that walks you step by step through the whole potty training process, like what products to use, how to do the whole thing. I literally was just asking her a question because we're having regressions with Drew. Um, she keeps having accidents at school, which also makes me like so sad as a mom. I'm like, do you feel embarrassed? Do you feel nervous? Like, how can I help you? Whatever. Um, yeah. So within this podcast, we're not going to give away all the secrets because we want people to go buy your course. 
Um, but we want to learn yeah. more about you and your mom life and your life at home and how you kind of got started with all of this. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I think potty training consultant isn't necessarily what I wanted to be when I grew up kind of thing. Like it was something that happened with, uh, with motherhood. I'm a mom of two myself. So my kids are, uh, my son Evan is eight and my daughter Layla is, um, six. Uh, so obviously I've, I potty trained them. And when I was working on potty training specifically with my daughter, because she had struggled with a lot of, uh, like constipation issues and things like that from the time she was like a, a baby. So, um, my son potty trained pretty easily, but when it came time to the potty train Layla, it was, it was a lot more challenging. So I started trying to do like a lot of research and stuff online to figure out the best way to help her because what we had, you know, the, the process that we did with my son just wasn't, it wasn't cutting it with her. And, uh, so I just started to try to dig into it and I was like, where, like, where's the science on this stuff? Like I, I, I wanted to, I was searching for, some kind of support, some kind of like evidence-based, um, you know, research facts, like a resource that I could go to, to get these answers. And I just really wasn't finding anything. And thinking to myself, I know I can't be the only one struggling with potty training. I decided from that point that I was going to put all of my spare time into learning as much as I possibly could about potty training, early childhood development, human behavior, psychology, kind of all the important factors that go into shaping the potty training experience. And I just wanted to, I wanted to become that resource for parents. And I'm a very science-minded kind of person. So I'm not I'm not just out there saying, no, do this because this is what I did with my kids. Like I really have dived into the actual science and research and stuff that's been done um, on the different aspects of potty training to find solutions, you know, that will work. And so hopefully that's what parents find when they come to my community. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sean and I have been open about our journey with marriage counseling, and it's been really helpful for us. We all carry around different stressors, both big and small, and it's important to sort those out so they don't affect your relationships. I agree. And therapy is such a safe space to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. We've been meeting with the therapist individually and as a couple, and it's been a great way to sort through any stressors in the week and have better communication about how we're feeling, which is hard to do when you're busy with kids. BetterHelp is an incredible option if you're thinking of giving therapy a try. It's all online, so it's convenient and flexible with your schedule. It's also nice that you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, so you make sure it's a good fit for you. We would highly recommend trying it out. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash EastFam today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash EastFam. I got to be honest with you. I have not felt like there's been many daunting things in parenting today. Like there are definitely milestones and like, Hey, I put my, I, I changed my first diaper and like, it's all new. But for some reason for me, potty training was like, I was definitely trying to delay that as much as possible because it felt like such a arduous process. I didn't know what to do. And there's all like this psychology behind it too, which is not everyone listening will have kids that are potty training or be interested in this subject at all. Yeah. But for those who do, yeah, have kids who maybe are in the potty training process or are approaching that age. Um, 
it, you'll, you'll understand that like there's, there's a lot that goes to it. And that's one thing that I was impressed as, as we've been through your course is like the, there's a lot of components and to execute these all well, like from the psychological to like the, the, the encouragement and then the actual execution of it and, and making it like clearly communicated to the kid and making them feel um, excited about the process themselves. There's just a lot to it. And, and as with everything as a parent, like you just want to make sure you're doing it thoughtfully. And that's what I appreciate yeah. about your course is like you having helped 5,000 people, you have wisdom that we would never be able to get on our own. Like, no, yeah, it's true. And no two potty training journeys look exactly the yeah. same either. So, um, so I think it is helpful to have that kind of insight of having seen so many different things. Like, I don't think there's anything that I haven't seen when it comes to potty training, you know? So I, I do try to apply all of that knowledge and experience into, um, into what I teach parents. So that way, hopefully it's not a struggle and it can actually be something potentially that you enjoy, like that you get to enjoy doing with your child. Mm. I'm giggling a little bit because I feel like for the most part, potty training our was fairly easy. Like definitely. Thanks to Allison. Yes. Really. <laughs> Cause you came, you literally came in the middle of it and I was like, Oh, this all makes sense. Um, yeah. But for her, it was, it was not crazy. I had my frustrated right. moments where I was like, dude, just, just pee, just yeah. get on the toilet and pee. We're going to get in the car. I know you're going to, whatever. Right. But besides that, she was very good. I'm giggling at the idea of potty training our son because, and now granted, I don't expect him to have any control whatsoever at the moment. Cause he's just one. But the, yeah. the other day literally took his diaper off, was trying to like give him a little bit of free time just because he had like a diaper rash and dude walked straight to the mini fridge opened the mini fridge and peed in the mini fridge. Oh wow, gosh. okay. Like, <laughs> I had just changed his diaper. I was like, are you kidding me? He's just a wild one. But that's yeah. the thing, you hear stories like going into it where you're like, hey, I'm potty training my kid and, and they smeared poop all over the wall or like they oh, all over their crib. And it's like, <laughs> I, I'm actually curious, Allison, what are some of the stories, not to put you on the spot, but like, like yeah. the horror story side of things where you're like, wow, this did not go as planned. Yeah, so, I mean, from, from more of, like, I guess uh, you'll laugh at this later kind of standpoint, like, <laughs> um, definitely the, the kind of poop exploration phase oh, with God. some kids can be kind of... That's um, going to be our son. Shocking to handle at first, so there's definitely a lot of stories I could tell about that as far as kids just, you know... Finger painting, for a lack of a better explanation. Um, yeah, I know. Super gross. Um, <laughs> but kids are curious, you know? Like, they don't necessarily know that they're not supposed to do that. And they're like, what's this stuff coming out of my body? Um, so, yeah, that's definitely... And that obviously doesn't happen with every single child. But um, that can definitely be a bit off-putting with the process. Um, I think the kind of the most, like extreme or like worrisome kind of stories are where kids will just kind of withhold altogether. Like maybe they have some kind of, you know, deep rooted anxiety surrounding using the potty or, or not having their diapers anymore. And they just start to kind of like hold in all their pee and poop altogether. And, um, and that can be very stressful, obviously, to deal with because then we have to start worrying about like health related issues and wow. and all of those kinds of things. So 
there are definitely, um, you know, some, some extremes that you encounter during the process. But I think, you know, like what you're talking about between Drew and Jet, like it usually is the opposite between first and second right. kids. So prepare yourself for that. <laughs> um, I don't know why that is, but it, it just does tend to be that way. But hopefully like he starts to see, you know, big sister doing it and he'll, you know, pick up on it. He might be ready a little bit more quickly because he is getting that exposure through her. So uh, it, it definitely sounds like he's comfortable peeing without a diaper. So that's, uh, you know, if you want to find the silver lining, like there you go. Uh, in the in the mini fridge obviously we would have to redirect <laughs> that yeah. somehow yeah. um but yeah boys can be a different experience not necessarily harder or easier but between first and second kids for whatever reason it does tend to be a different experience i was gonna say something that i love about your program and everything that you stand for too is like the psychological side and the, the like childhood development side yeah. um I feel like we're finally getting into a generation where people are very like aware of that and they're aware yeah. of how things can affect children when they're grown. Mm -hmm. And I remember reading this book. It was called one, two, three magic about like for lack of a better word, disciplining your kid and how, how, how to teach the word discipline to them from a young age. And I got really nervous about that book, but when I read it, it was basically this cycle, like this psychology book for parents. Right. And it was teaching you the childhood development side of kids and how they're incapable of understanding certain things. And yeah. usually it's the parent who needs to just take a chill pill. And yeah. what I love about like the psychology side of it is you're truly protecting the child. And I feel like for so many people, when it comes to potty training and discipline, it's like, oh, just rip the band aid, just do it. And there's so mm -hmm. many things that can go wrong yeah. and that aren't good for the kid. I've even felt right. it personally within potty training. You get so yeah. frustrated. Oh, yeah. And yeah, I'll be sitting. I remember sitting there and Drew was sitting on the potty and she was just like living in her own little world. And I was like, girl, you got to go potty. <laughs> right. You just got to try. And then they get into that um, like rebuttal phase. I lack of a better word. I can't. What's, what's the word? Not uh, refusal, but like. Like resistance. Yes. Thank where they're you. just yeah. like, I don't want to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And just because I'm saying she should. And I remember yep. she looked at me one day as she's sitting on the potty. She goes, Mom, are you frustrated? And Aww. I was like, yes. <laughs> yes, I am. I'm not frustrated at you, though. I'm frustrated. Right. Right. And it was just so cute. But yeah, it can be a very I mean, it's it's definitely a trying time, you know, because I think a lot of parents feel a lot of pressure to get it done and and you probably hear all these stories about like oh potty train in three days and like yes. all this stuff and then you get these kind of like unrealistic expectations of what the experience might be like for you and then you start doing it yourself and it's not that and you're like what am i doing wrong and it's uh it's not necessarily that at all but i think that potty training should be I always say that, you know, it should be something that you're doing with your child instead of to your child. And it's something that if you kind of involve them in the process, um, you'll you'll see less of those power struggles. You'll see less of that resistance because it'll be like something that you're doing together, you know, instead of something that is being forced on them. So I think it's helpful also if if parents kind of get into that mindset before you start the process too. Everyone knows that finding the perfect t-shirt with like the quality and the fit is near impossible. 
I told you guys that I found Skims while I was pregnant and now postpartum, I found the best nursing bra known to mankind from Skims. Well, they've outdone themselves again because they now have the perfect t-shirt, especially postpartum with a changing body. I can guarantee you, you won't find a t-shirt like it. I love also that Skims has a fit for everyone from the long t-shirts to the cropped. They truly have like sizes and qualities and styles for every single thing you could want. So the cotton jersey t-shirt is the one that I'm talking about. It is an absolute staple. I feel like I'm reaching for it literally every day, especially nursing with bear. It's breathable and soft and it somehow gets even softer and still holds its shape after every wash. If I could only recommend two of the Skims t-shirts, I would say the cotton jersey t-shirt, which I have in mineral, or the boyfriend t-shirt, literally in any color, are probably my two favorite t-shirts that they make. Shop the Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com. Now available in sizes extra, extra small to 4X. After you place your order, select podcast in the drop down menu, select couple things to let them know we sent you. Have a good one. Let's take a minute to thank our sponsor this week, BetterHelp. With all the holidays coming up, we all know how stressful this time of year can be, whether it's shopping, traveling, or just being overwhelmed by all the moving parts. I feel you. Trust me. Yeah, it definitely can be a lot, especially as a parent. I feel like we all put so much pressure on ourselves to make it perfect for the kids and all the people in our lives that we forget what the holidays are actually about. I agree. And we've both made it a goal to be more present with the kids and try not to let the little things get to us this year, which is why now more than ever, we're leaning in to BetterHelp. That's right. BetterHelp has been so beneficial to our mental health. And we love that there are so many ways to chat with your licensed therapist. I use the chat option several times a week. Same. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. And it's much more affordable than in-person therapy. Give it a try and see if online therapy can help lower your stress. So a couple things is sponsored by BetterHelp and our listeners, that's you, can get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash eastfam. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash eastfam. We'll link it down below. Let's get back to it. That's the, so the wisdom is the one aspect that I think is just really fascinating about the information that you provide and the empathy that you build Mm -hmm. is the other thing. So like, again, for me, it was daunting. It was really like the first couple times that maybe like three times that she went to the bathroom and then she kind of starts to build an understanding of it. But now it's become like this thing that we, it's exciting. Like Mm -hmm. every time Drew will be like, I gotta go potty. And then we all scream. We're like, let's go. <laughs> and it's like she's excited about it and then yeah you know it's like a fun i will remember this this yeah. phase forever because it's like yep. been a memory now as opposed to like this i don't know scary thing so it's great right yeah no it, it really can be and and that's kind of something that i hope parents see if they take my course too is that it doesn't have to be this like dreadful experience that you just have to kind of get through like it can be a kind of cool bonding experience because this is like a pretty major major milestone this is like a skill obviously a lifelong skill and getting to watch them learn that and seeing those gears turn and like things starting to click into place i always found to be like such a rewarding feeling um as a parent and you know as a consultant so it's um you know, it, it can be a positive experience. It doesn't have to be something dreadful. <laughs> so you alluded to the fact that you didn't think that you would be a potty training consultant. What what were your plans before you got into this, Allison? Um, well, I was I worked in a lab. Um, I went to school for forensic science actually, so I have a very 
kind of strong science background and um I was I was just working in a laboratory doing doing the science nerd thing and that was kind of like what I always was drawn to it's like the way that my mind kind of functions I find so um yeah, definitely didn't see it shifting into the potty training realm necessarily, but it's cool being able to apply, um, you know, my, like, kind of my natural draw to science to what I'm doing now because I do think that it helps kind of clarify things for people. Like, I, I like to help people understand the why behind we do certain things when it comes to potty training and instead of just saying, no, do this. I try to explain, you know, why we're doing it and why it's beneficial to do it that way and why that makes sense. Um, so, so yeah, so definitely have always been kind of a, a science-y person. And I don't know, if I didn't become a mom, maybe I would still be working in a lab somewhere. Tying it slightly into the title here of a couple things. Um, did the research and data behind potty training actually help you and your husband navigate the potty training phase? Yeah, totally. Um, so I found um, a couple of really cool, um, I find them cool because, <laughs> um, but like really informative kind of um, research articles that have been done about um, children who would struggle with poop related issues when it came to potty training. And, uh, and we were able to kind of implement some of those um, strategies that they talked about or, you know, things to avoid doing kind of uh, to to ease the process and it did actually really help really quickly. So, um, so there definitely is merit behind, you know, this science and this research that's being done. And, uh, yeah, we were eventually able, able to get there. And as soon as we made a couple of small changes with what we were doing, um, the rest kind of fell into place really easily. So it worked out. That's the other thing I love about the course, wisdom, empathy, and then the education again, Mm-hmm. potty training it could be such like a I don't really care like just get me through it but mm-hmm. I found yeah. I found it fascinating part of your course that you offer is like this hey there's different ways to do this we spoke about mm-hmm. some people never put diapers on their what is that called they never put diapers oh, on their kids ever yeah elimination communication yeah so what yes that is um I don't think Sean I don't think you and I got a chance to talk about that too much but yeah so it's like where from birth it can be as young as birth i mean some parents start it later on or whatever but as an infant um parents will not put diapers on their child and instead um toilet them or potty them um just by like kind of watching their signals their cues um sometimes uh parents are able to kind of like train their their child to like release with a certain sound that they make or or something like that it's wild um so yeah so sometimes like some families don't use diapers at all and it's adapted actually which it makes a lot of sense if you think about like where this originated from because it originated from um techniques used like over in the far east where um obviously disposable diapers aren't as readily available over there to families. So, you know, they try to get their child eliminating waste in the most hygienic way possible without having access to diapers. And that's kind of what they do there. Um, And it's worked for thousands and thousands of years for them. So it's becoming more and more mainstream over here. Massive Um, respect, but I don't know. Yeah, it's very time consuming 
Yes. For sure. Like it's you have to be very in tune to your child and like with them constantly in order to well, and to you make think, that like, work. Infant pees like every yeah. 20, 30 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's no, what I no. love. That's one of the things <laughs> I love about parenting is like it exposes such stylistic differences between yeah. and it's like mm-hmm. especially with stuff like hygiene and, and you know, potty. Yeah. Some parents can handle the situation and you'd be like, Wow, really? That's you're not putting any diapers on the kid ever. I did not know that right. about you. And like, yeah. that tells me <laughs> right. something about her. And that's inter- it's just like yeah. not good or bad. There's no right or wrong way, but it right. is, it's like revealing to a certain extent, you know? Um, to go through a couple of like hard hit, not hard hitting, but like the most common questions. Hard hitting potty hard training hitting. questions. Yes. We're putting you on the spot, yeah. Allison. Um, <laughs> but to give people know. a little taste of like what they can expect to see within the course. Sure. When number one, I feel like is the number one question people would ask her is when would you recommend potty training a kid? Sure. Um, like from an age standpoint, um, yes. all, all of the research and stuff that's been done and uh, the guidelines from like the American Academy of Pediatrics all suggest right around the two year mark as being kind of like the ideal age to at least start introducing the concept of potty training to your child. Um, you know, obviously you can't nail it down to like one specific day or one, one specific month that works and, and that age is going to fluctuate from child to child based on, on different things. But, um, from an age perspective, um, the best science that we have for obviously, you know, neurotypical, typically developed children, um, is right around that two year mark is kind of like the sweet spot. A lot of people say so. Wow. I know. I, do you mind if you ask some of the personal questions, like the regression, like how? Yeah. Um. Like the question I asked you before we even started this was, uh, re- like regression wise, our daughter had has done a phenomenal job parenting. She had very very few accidents, and even if they were accidents, I almost put that more on us at the beginning because sure, I would expect her too soon to learn how to come communicate with me. Um. So right. I just wasn't checking in enough, but. Right now, as we speak. Right now, as we speak, she what? She's in a regression. Yeah, she is in a regression where she started <laughs> school, and almost every school day, so Monday, Wednesday, Friday, she has an accident when they go out on the playground, and yeah. so they have to like change and do all these things. And I'm just curious your advice there or wisdom. Can I also just the personal anecdote that just breaks my heart is Drew usually so excited for school, and after mm-hmm. the first day, I picked her up, and usually she's like chatting about her friends and what happened that day i'm not saying she's giving a full debrief but like the first day i picked her up she was super quiet and like staring out the window and then we got a call from the teacher saying that she had an accident and i was like oh my gosh like she she might have been quiet i don't know because she felt like shame about this and i was like dang my little girl so anyway if you have advice we'd love it Sure. Yeah. No, I know it can be it can be heartbreaking, especially when they have that kind of like maybe disappointed feeling in themselves. Um, And that's really hard, hard to watch. But I mean, as a as a good thing, at least she obviously clearly knows that, you know, she made a mistake Mm -hmm. and we all make mistakes, you know, as we're mastering new things. So it's definitely nothing to to fault her for or anything like that. Um, You said it's happening every time when she's on the playground Mm -hmm. and 
that is like super common. Like the probably the most common place for accidents to occur is when a child is on the playground um, or playing outside. And uh, a lot of times I think it can either be because they're just too caught up in the fun to be able to listen to their body signals and, um, you know, take appropriate action to make sure they make it to the potty in time. Uh, or also it could be maybe a, a lack of communication between uh maybe between Drew and the teacher, like maybe she doesn't fully know that it's okay to be able to go back inside if she feels the need to have to go to the potty and maybe she tries to hold it a little too long and she can't hold it anymore and she just ends up having an accident. That can happen sometimes too. Uh, so my recommendation would be since it's happening at the same time every day to try to just do a little prompt before you, before she goes outside, just be like, okay, before we go outside, we have to sit on the potty first. Have her use the potty, and that way, you know, she can hopefully empty her bladder then, and she won't have to worry about having accidents while she's out. It'll help kind of renew her confidence in using the potty and in other aspects, too. So that would probably be my recommendation there. Um Probably wouldn't stress over it too much. Um, regressions are typically only a concern when you start noticing it happen way more consistently. So like if she was having accidents both at home and at school, if she was having more accidents than she was actually using the potty. Um, so as long as she's still doing pretty good using the potty at other times, I wouldn't be super concerned about it. I think it's probably just something that she's going through right now um, and something that you can probably resolve with just maybe having like a little meeting with Drew and the teacher and you guys and just kind of getting down on Drew's level and being like, look, baby, if you need to, you know, use the potty while you're outside, it's totally fine. You can ask Miss so-and-so and, and she'll help you use the potty, won't you? And and she can be like, yeah, Drew, of course, I'll help you. And that. maybe that can just kind of like help get everything out in the open and make Drew feel a little bit more comfortable about it. Mm -hmm. But also giving her the added boost of, of just say, hey, babes, before we go outside, we're going to have to sit on the potty first. And that will just get her back on the right track, I think. Are you take a step back. It is kind of the cutest thing ever. Like you're you're dealing with like little humans learning how to use a toilet. It's adorable. Mm -hmm. And then you even are dealing with little toilets too. It's all <laughs> yeah. true. It's, like, <laughs> it's so cute. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. A, it's a growing experience for sure. It is totally. That, that reminded me of all the 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 scripts and tools like calendars or mm -hmm. like even a list of of like treats you can have for your kid. You do a yeah. great job at providing all the information, putting it in one place mm -hmm. so that you. you could focus on the kid and not having to, you know, Google this and then Google that and then pull this from that source. Mm -hmm. So I really yeah. appreciated that about the course where it was like, I really felt you, you gave all the resources necessary to set us up for success. So thank you, Allison. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. I tried to do as much as much of the work as I could for you so that hopefully like you said, you're just able to kind of, you know, implement your strategy and and be able to focus on your child and you don't have to worry about all these other obscure obscure details. Like you can just have your plan lined up before you start. And I usually find that that tends to just make the process more easy, more easy. And it keeps you keeps you more committed too. I think if you have a plan in advance because you're like, nope, we decided this is it. We're going to do it. And it keeps you kind of from like flopping back and forth between are we going to start now or no, yeah. I'll just wait another weekend. Yeah. Um, it kind of helps you. That was us. Just, we, yeah. Well, we also, <laughs> we probably it. started later, like after that mm -hmm. two year mark that's recommended because uh, like Drew was in the mommy and me classes and the teacher was like, 
we don't want you potty training while she's also yeah. like alternating between who's kind of overseeing her. And you do talk about like in those scenarios where that's a must, like how to, how to keep communication, uh, coherent across all different groups. But I yeah. do want to talk about naps and nighttime. These are all okay. from like, we are needing advice right yes. now. So sure. how do we handle that? Please. Yeah, definitely. So, um, I know out of the daunting, you know, process of potty training as a whole, the, the sleep periods are probably the most daunting because I think a lot of parents don't know exactly how they're supposed to handle that. Like, are we supposed to just keep them in diapers until they start waking up dry on their own? Are we supposed to, you know, take the diapers off altogether? What are we supposed to do? And uh, so I usually recommend doing a little bit of kind of like prep first to decide if you're actually going to start the at least the nighttime portion of the process all at the same time or if you're going to wait and kind of tackle that later because what ends up happening is like a lot of kids as especially as they're approaching potty training readiness are actually starting to sleep through the night dry and we just don't realize it because they pee in their nighttime diaper when they first wake up in the morning, which mm -hmm. kind of gives us the false impression that they've been peeing all night long. There's no way that they're ready to sleep without a diaper and that kind of thing. But in reality, they have held it all night long and they just peed as soon as they woke up like every human does. Um, so doing a couple of like checks in the morning. So going into your child's room about 15 minutes or so before they wake up, trying to feel their diaper and see how wet it is at that point. Um, if it's super saturated, then you're okay to wait and do the nighttime portion of the process later. Uh, but you might be pleasantly surprised and find that they're dry or mostly dry at that time. And then it's, it's an easier decision to just kind of dive in for consistency's sake and say, we'll just say goodbye to all the diapers. So that way the, the expectations are clear that all pee and poop are going to go in the potty now. And, um, and it just, you know, makes the process tend to go a lot more quickly, efficiently, whatever. Um, for nighttime, or sorry, for nap time specifically, I do recommend getting rid of the diapers for naps from the very beginning, um, just so that you know you don't have any diapers during the day at all. And what this does, again, is it sends the clear expectation that, nope, we're using the potty, we're not using a diaper. And it keeps your child from potentially just kind of like holding their pee and poop until they get access to the nap time diaper. Um, and that can kind of be a hard habit to break. So it helps prevent confusion from them. Like, wait, do they want me to use the potty or do they want me to wait for my diaper? Um, and then it also just, um, you know, kind of kind of streamlines the whole process. Thank you. Sean, I have did more you hear all that, Sean? Did you I have more questions. <laughs> wait, we haven't been on separate pages here. No. Okay. Have we? No, just the nap time. Sometimes it is like, it's definitely easier to just put a diaper on. Oh, for sure. It's definitely easier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we didn't do that. We did the potty <laughs> training outside of crib time. Crib time is okay. diaper time. Um, sure. And I will say, though, usually in nap, she wakes up dry, completely dry. Yeah. And then we'll go potty. Um, I She's woken up a few times in the morning dry, but I, I do think she does tend to, like, go potty as soon as she wakes up. Yeah. But the question that I have is she is still a crib sleeper. She still sleeps in the crib, loves her crib. Sure. Yep. And is it okay to pull the diaper when you don't have a bed that she has access to a potty in? 
That's a great question. And I think a lot of parents are confused about that. Like, because a lot of the sleep guidelines are like, keep them in the crib until they're at least three years old. And that conflicts obviously with our readiness age for potty training of two years old. So mm. do we have to wait to start potty training until they're three and they're out of their crib? Like, what do we do? Um, but actually not much changes if they're in the crib versus sleeping in their own bed. Uh, I recommend having like a little kind of potty station in their room where you can just keep like a little floor potty like on top of a towel with some, you know, clean clothes and some toilet paper so that if they have to go potty in the night, you can just easily kind of lift them out of their crib, set them on the potty and then put them right back to bed very quickly. Um, most of the time I find that even if kids are older and they're sleeping in like toddler beds or their own beds anyway, they're still going to call for your help um, regardless. So they're not going to necessarily, it's very rare that they'll get out of bed by themselves, go use the potty and then put themselves back to bed. So your level of involvement isn't going to change that much first, you know, between crib versus bed. Um, but I definitely would recommend having like a monitor or something in their room. So that way, if you know, you can listen for those first signs of them like stirring or kind of whining in their sleep that they might have to pee and then you can kind of go in quickly and get them because obviously lifting them out of the crib is going to take a little bit more time than just kind of scooping them out of their bed so can i ask um so like the, the two-year mark is the is the average or standard but what would be some special ex extraordinary cases for like a lot of these rules or timelines not applying for and then I want to ask you, like, who is your information, like, generally applicable to after we conquer who it's not for? Yeah, sure. So, honestly, I'm not a huge fan of just complying with the age aspect of things. I think there's a lot of other factors that come into play that are more important when it comes to to deciding when is the right time to start potty training. Um, the age thing is obviously a good guideline, um, but you know, there's certain signs of readiness that we want to look for in your child before actually starting the process. We need, you know, certain signs of physiological readiness, biological readiness, um, emotional readiness, social readiness. So there's a lot of things that, you know, might need to be in place that you don't necessarily see with your new two-year-old yet that would, you know, that would kind of guide you to wait a little longer before starting potty training. Also, you know, if you have other events happening in your life that would make starting potty training even more stressful than it needs to be, you know, like if you're having a new baby around the same time your child's turning to, or if you're moving to a new house, or if your child's just starting school for the first time, uh, obviously we don't want to throw too many changes on a two-year-old all at one time. So in some of those cases too, it also makes more sense to just kind of wait. Um, so I don't want parents to hear that two-year age window and be like, oh my gosh, we totally missed the mark. Like our child's two and a half, our child's three, our child's three and a half. We haven't started yet. We've totally screwed up. And, uh, and that's not the case at all. So a lot of times it just has to be like a family decision and what feels right, um, as the family, because a lot of it is also about the parents' readiness too. Um, and I think that's something that we kind of downplay. <laughs> um, you always hear about signs of readiness for the child, but you have to be ready too, because you're doing Preach. most of the work in all honesty. Like you have to be prepared as your child's teacher and coach to help them learn this skill. 
and uh and if that you know, isn't all happening right around the same time, then it's it's going to be that much more difficult. So in some cases, it does just make more sense to start either earlier or later, whatever fits well into your family's timeline. And the course applies to anybody. It doesn't necessarily have to be, um, you know, somebody that's a parent of a new two-year-old. It can work for a parent with an 18-month-old that wants to start learning how to potty train. It can work with a parent who has a four-and-a-half-year-old who is struggling to use the potty. So there's a lot of um, my strategies and techniques and, um, and approaches to the process can be applied across all age groups and all different personality types, too. That's great. Um, so your course is about $35 and there's a, there's a, another like bundle that you can get that has all the educational and background information as well. And, uh, it has literally scripts that you could talk to your kid with verbatim so that you're encouraging and, and keeping them on the right track. It has an equipment list that you'll need, like the little training potties, a list Which of changed the game for us hugely. We found yes. the right one that Drew loved. Yes, the little pink one that like folds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that one. Drew, it makes all the difference. That's her you know? favorite one. It's so cool because it gives it gives her a little bit of independence to like be yes. able to do it herself. So oh, she's I in the that. phase now where she doesn't let us come in the bathroom. She closes the door. The oh, whole thing. Okay. It's like yes, hilarious. yes. Oh she she says she that. needs her space. <laughs> you oh my taught anyway. She's too much. Yeah. And then it has like calendars and sticker charts and the whole thing. So if you are listening and have a kid who's approaching the age of two-ish or, uh, or, or not that age, but you're in the potty training process. Or uh, if you're a new mom or like anything, yeah. I would just, people try to buy like potty training books that you would spend 30 bucks on. I would buy this. Yeah. Uh, we'll link information on that down below. Potty training 101. Thank you, Allison. And you also, speaking of books, have written through yourself. Is yes. that right? I have. Yes. Wow. I have two children's books and one parent guide. Um, super proud of those, uh, especially my, my newest book because, um, pooping on the potty is, is one of the biggest challenges that parents encounter during the potty training process. And there just aren't, there's not a ton of like children's literature out there kind of addressing that and uh so i decided to write my own book about it and i've always loved writing so being able to have my own books has been like a dream come true it's been so cool wow they're they're illustrated and everything i love so, that yeah uh, mm -hmm. i think that's actually how we first connected was she said mm -hmm. you were so kind to send us a book thank you Allison. yeah that's right yep i did what is your favorite thing about what you do Oh, gosh. My favorite thing is getting text messages from parents who had been previously struggling with potty training. And Aww. they're like, oh, my God, she pooped in the potty. Or, like, just being able to, like, celebrate those small wins. I think that as parents, we never expected to struggle with. <laughs> yeah. And then we realize, like, oh, my gosh, this is really hard. Um, and then they reach out to me. And I don't know. I really like to develop like a, a relationship, a friendship with um, the, the families that I help and, and just being there to kind of cheerlead them through the process and to get to share in those small wins that you're not necessarily going to call up like, you know, your local mom group and be like, my kid pooped in the potty today. Like mm -hmm. it's just, so, you know, it's kind of like that little personal connection and um, just being able to help so many people has been such a fulfilling experience, I think, way more than 
any other career path I could have chosen. So it's it's been awesome. Dude, she's been featured on like Good Morning America, Moms.com, like all the, you're like big time, Allison. So we're Thank grateful. You. Thank, Thank you, you. For, for joining us on the show and yes. uh, talking to us about this subject. Thank you for helping us yeah. body train our <laughs> yes. oldest and eventually Absolutely. our second. And then I also just appreciate your uh, encouraging approach. Like I feel like there are some hard line, mm -hmm. like, you know, just get it done and I just I, I love your perspective on this issue and um, anyway thank you for sharing it with us no thank you guys it's been a pleasure awesome and again we will link information on the course down below for those listening that want to learn more um, and also Allison put out some awesome social content so we'll link information to our Instagram etc in the description but uh, that's all we got Allison thank you so much it's, it was a pleasure we'll be in touch all right thank you guys bye bye thank you all right, real quick for all of those listening out there, we don't ask for a lot of favors, I don't think, babe, do we? No. But we're going to ask you a favor today, all right? If you're listening to Couple Things Podcasts on Apple Podcasts specifically, will you please do us this short, quick favor? We want to make sure you're staying up to date with our show, and Apple's latest iOS update has paused downloads for many listeners, and some of you have expressed our latest episodes aren't being recommended to you on Apple Podcasts anymore. So here's how to make sure you're getting your episode. And again, this is for Apple Podcasts specifically. Open up that podcast app on your iPhone. Search Couple Things and tap Our Shows icon. And then in the top right corner, you might see a plus follow symbol. If you do, tap it to resume following the show. If you get a prompt to, quote, turn on automatic downloads, say yes. That way... You'll get all of the episodes. Thank you so much, guys. We're so glad this update was brought to our attention because we want to make sure we're reaching as many of you as we can. Love y'all, and we really appreciate you doing this.